Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff, and I'm your host. I'm the founder of Divorced Girl Smiling, the company that brings people facing divorce, trusted, vetted divorce professionals. We're also a podcast, a website, a mobile app, and I offer the free consult. If you're listening to this, you saw that the title is called The Silent Treatment. And I have to say, this is one of the things I hate so much in any relationship. If somebody gives me the silent treatment, it drives me insane. That could be a girlfriend who's like, you know, maybe I did something and so she's just not talking to me. She just gives me the silent treatment. I think it is the worst thing. It is so abusive, in my opinion, and it can happen in marriages and romantic relationships. So today I want to talk about the silent treatment. Is it abuse? And talk all about what you can do if you are in a relationship with someone who is giving you the silent treatment, why they're doing it, and just more information. To talk about this, I have therapist Jennifer Solomon. Jennifer is a marriage and family therapist for affiliates in counseling. She treats couples and families as well as individual adults and adolescents. Jennifer has a master's degree with a distinction in family therapy from the Family Institute at Northwestern, and her approach to therapy is first and foremost based on sound client relationships. Her compassion, empathy, and understanding helps create a solid foundation to help her clients achieve the change they want. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Jackie. Thank you so much for taking time to do this. Well, thanks for having me. I love the article you wrote about the silent treatment for Divorce Girl Smiling. Do you agree with me that the silent treatment is just the most annoying infuriating like if you're mad at me just say I'm upset with you yeah yeah I mean it's it's a horrible feeling but it's it's really more than annoying um it's it's really bad for relationships because essentially what you're doing is shutting the person down right you're saying you can't talk you don't have a place here and it's it's controlling the conversation because you don't the person doesn't like what's happening So you said at the outset, you know, is it abuse? Well, abuse is about exerting power over someone. And so, yes, because the silent treatment really is a way to exert power over another person, it can be a form of emotional abuse. So tell me, describe the silent treatment so we know we're all on the same page. Okay, so it is exactly what it sounds like. It's when one person refuses to talk to the other, typically in response to a conflict. We call it, it's a silent treatment because it is a strategy to respond to something that a partner doesn't like. And I look at it as a manipulation tactic. Um, You know, you just shut someone down. And that could be for an hour three days or three weeks exactly so hours days weeks um and it it makes the other person feel like they're being punished and the other person probably says like come on can we talk 
please talk to me. Can we mm-hmm. just figure this out? Exactly. And then the silent treatment person's like, I'm fine. Yeah. Well, it, or says nothing, right? We're not going to talk about it. So it keeps the conversation shut down. It creates kind of like a hierarchy, right? So now one person is is begging Groveling. to get back in. Right? Yes. Groveling is a good mm-hmm. word to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it creates this hierarchy that feels like they are being punished. Then they're asking, begging for attention. And now the conversation is no longer about the issue of conflict, but about this other dynamic. So it's also a, def- a way to deflect the conversation. And it's a way for the other person to feel like they have the upper hand. Sure. And absolutely. it's very immature, in my opinion. It's, it's immature and it's demeaning, right? It's, there's like a demeaning aspect to it. Um, so I think I said in my article, you know, imagine, have you ever had the door slammed in your face? If you haven't, imagine that for just a second and how sort of shocked, upset, um, unnerved you would be if that happened. And that's what the silent treatment is basically doing. Tell me what, what are people who do this trying to achieve? Like, what is the goal here? It's a way to control mm-hmm. the other person. So control the conversation, control the situation to sort of turn it to their advantage, right? They then have the upper hand in a sense. Um, so that's sort of on the surface level, but underneath that, they're avoiding responsibility and accountability for their actions. They also don't have to have a discussion like maybe they don't know how to have conflict and resolve it in a productive way. And this is the way. I mean, where does this come from? Does it come from childhood? Could be, right? A lot of, we look, you know, therapists often look back toward childhood. How did they learn in their families to resolve conflict? Well, if they had a family that didn't know how to do that, or if they had a parent where they felt shut down and couldn't resolve that conflict, maybe they're carrying that forward. The good news is it doesn't have to be that way, but it has, the person has to recognize that this is a problem. And so that's why I, I think it's incumbent upon the person who is getting shut down to call it out. Now, what if the person who is giving the silent treatment would say something like, look, I'm really angry can I just have like a couple hours and then we can talk later? I think that's acceptable. Not just acceptable. We recommend it all the time. Therapists will do this in couples therapy because a cool down period is good. So there's, there's the silent treatment, which has a very negative connotation. And then there's silence, right? We all get into conflict when it's something that's really important to us. We feel very strongly about it. And there's conflict with your partner you might get escalated. You might get emotionally dysregulated. That's okay. That's human. The goal is to not let it spin out of control. So you notice that's happening and you say, Hey, you know what? I need a little time. This is not being, we're not being productive right now. So I just got to go cool off. That's a great way to handle it. That's not the silent treatment. No, that, no, that's, Mm -hmm. that's just using silence in a positive way. Mm -hmm. The goal though is to come back to the table. Right, So you can't just do that and walk away and not come back to the conversation. The goal is to come back and say, okay, let's try this again. Let's try and have a productive conversation. 
And what you wanna ask yourself in that moment when you ask for the cool down period is what am I getting so upset about, right? What is triggering me right now? What do I want my partner to understand about how I feel? And sometimes stepping away and just getting away from it allows you to think more clearly, cool down, think, is this really a big deal that I'm making it? Yes, I'm angry, but maybe I can see some of the reason that he or she is acting this way and my mind is a little more open. And then you go back to the table and you're a little closer to resolving the conflict. That's exactly right. But maybe you don't resolve the conflict, right? Mm -hmm. So that's okay too. Maybe you come back to the table and you say, you know what? I can't compromise here or we're just not on the same page. And then you agree to disagree. And that's an okay outcome too. It is. being able to manage that and say it, call it what it is, and then realize that you're not the same person. You're two different people with two different ideas. And And you respect each other's opinions to disagree. There's a lot of love there still. It's just one thing. Right. And that you're on the same team, right? Like that's that, I think that's where couples get so confused that it becomes a battle, right? Which oftentimes you will see people who don't know how to resolve conflict shut it down because they can't tolerate that discomfort, right? I don't like what I'm feeling, so I'm just out. And and therein lies the problem. The idea is come back, figure out what's happening between the two of you, and then realize we're on the same team. We're not going to agree about this, but there's plenty of other things that we do. You're listening to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pillisoff. I'm your host. I'm here today with Jennifer Solomon, marriage and family therapist for Affiliates in Counseling. Jennifer and I are talking about the silent treatment. And when we come back from a short break, we're going to talk about how the silent treatment hurts the other person, what happens over time if people are giving the silent treatment over and over again, and what to do if your spouse is giving you the silent treatment. So we will be right back. Co-parenting isn't easy. Trying to communicate with an ex about the kid's schedules, expenses, and the divorce itself can feel awkward, frustrating, and stressful. But guess what? The app Our Family Wizard can take this stress away and make co-parenting so much easier. I truly wish I would have known about Our Family Wizard when I was getting divorced. Our Family Wizard is an app used by more than a million parents and family law professionals, all who want to keep everything on the same page with their ex-spouse or their clients. I'm talking shared calendars, expenses, messaging files, and other critical family information. People often say to me, I don't really like dealing with my ex. Well, guess what? Our Family Wizard makes it so much easier and everything you both put in the app is kept on record so it encourages both people to be amicable and fair. I cannot say enough about Our Family Wizard. It's a great app, it's very affordable, and it will make your life so much easier and better. If you want to learn more, you can visit ourfamilywizard.com. I also want to take a minute to recommend a great mortgage lender if you need to refinance or you're buying a new home. Her name is Jan Leisure, and Jan has been in the mortgage business for decades. 
She's an amazing woman. She's divorced. She's also a certified divorce lending professional. So she deals with men and women getting divorced all the time. She's wonderful, so smart, so experienced. I can't say enough about Jan. If you want to learn more, you can find Jan in the trusted professional section of Divorced Girl Smiling, or you can find Jan at diamondresidential.com slash Jan Leisure. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling podcast. My name is Jackie Pilisoff. I'm your host, I am the founder of Divorced Girl Smiling, the place that connects people facing divorce with trusted, vetted divorce professionals. We're also a website, a podcast, a mobile app, and I offer the free consult. And I am here with Jennifer Solomon today. Jennifer is a marriage and family therapist for Affiliates in Counseling. She can actually be reached at affiliatesincounseling.net if you wanted to reach out to her. And we are talking about the silent treatment. So if somebody is in a relationship with somebody who's giving the silent treatment to them, and that's their way of coping with conflict for years and years and years, what is that going to do to the other person's self-esteem? What is that going to do to them? Well, it's not good. Um, So that's what we're most worried about when we see that, is that it really does impact a person's self-esteem. You know, if you are, if your partner is continually shutting you down, sending you the message that what you say, what you think doesn't matter, you end up losing your voice. That's literally and figuratively, right? So your whole sense of self is is at risk there. And so, you know, we know that the critical tenets of a healthy relationship are feeling supported, feeling heard, feeling respected, feeling like an equal. And those things are not at play if the silent treatment is given. So relationships that face that sort of cycle, that pattern over time, don't bode well. And it could even hurt the person if they end up getting divorced and they're in other relationships. Well, sure. I mean, we now that's something that you're used to, right? So if we go back to the idea that it's a form of emotional abuse the person has to recognize this is the kind of experience I was having, this was the kind of relationship I was in, and learn how to not carry that forward, right? So that's finding their voice again, having their sense of self, realizing that it wasn't something that they were doing wrong, and find a partner where they can feel heard. And maybe say to your new partner, look, if there's a conflict or the first time that you have some kind of conflict in the relationship, say, I was in a relationship where I got the silent treatment. That is something that is a deal breaker for me. I'm not putting up with that again. So if you want to talk this out, I'm happy to do so, but I can't have the silent treatment. Yeah. I mean, right there is a person using their voice that they didn't have before. Yes. Right? And it's setting boundaries. Absolutely. So how can people who get the silent treatment get help? What do you well, do? So, I mean, there's, there's a couple things. You can try and work it out on your own. So it, what that entails is, you know, calling it out and saying to your partner, listen, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want the silent treatment. It's not going to make our conflict go away. We need to find a way to be able to talk this through. So that's great if it can work. It's, it can be a little scary for the person 
saying that they could you know it takes courage you don't know how your partner is going to react so that's you have to be able to tolerate that part of it right i don't know what's going to happen when i stand up for myself in this way um the other thing is you can try couples counseling and hopefully if both people are willing to go then a therapist can help identify you know why is this happening what are the patterns of behavior what's motivating this kind of behavior and you know, we say it's, it's never all one person. So usually each person plays a role. Every action has a reaction that creates a reaction that creates a reaction. So working with a therapist, you figure out what's going on there and try to change it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I do feel like if somebody is listening to this and they're getting the silent treatment, I don't want to make it seem like it's all the person's fault who's giving the silent treatment. I mean, a conflict and an argument it could be even the person's fault who is getting the silent treatment, but that still doesn't make the silent treatment okay. Right. It's not a good strategy <clears throat> at working through conflict, right? But it doesn't mean that that person, it, that, the, that the person who is getting the silent treatment is totally is, innocent and no, not at fault at all. Not at all. I want to talk about some strategies to argue in a productive way. I guess argue isn't even a good word. Resolve conflict. Mm -hmm. So let me give you an example. There's a couple and the guy is pretty much in the wife's opinion, flirting too much with other women at, you know, parties or online being, you know, having all these female friends or whatever. What is and and they just get into this argument instead of the silent treatment. What are some ways to resolve this? So this comes back to calling it what it is, right? So for the person who feels um, uncomfortable because their partner is flirting, can they say, "Hey, I really want to talk to you about something. I felt uncomfortable tonight." I feel like, I, I don't know if this is really happening, but this is how I feel. I feel like you're talking a lot to other women and it's making me uncomfortable. Now, they have to take the risk in being vulnerable, right? I'm feeling insecure right now. I don't know why I'm feeling insecure, but I am. Then the partner can respond, right? And, and have some empathy and say, wow, I had no idea you were feeling that way. You know, I'm just a really social person. I have friends that are men and women, and I, I, I'm sorry I was making you feel that way. And let's make sure we address that next time we're in this situation like that. I really like that strategy. And also, I just want to go through a few um, conflict resolution strategies. Like, I wrote an article. I'm just going to go off the cuff here. I'm not going to go look it up. But, like, listening to each other validating each other's feelings, mm -hmm. um, apologizing. But Jennifer, tell me if you think this is true. So Eric Feig, who is a Divorce Girl Smiling partner and a divorce mediator, he and I had a podcast and he said something that was, I thought, brilliant. When people apologize, we were taught to say, I'm so sorry you're feeling this way. Yeah. Now Eric said, no, no, you should say, I'm sorry I made you feel this way. Because if you apologize and say, I'm so sorry you feel this way, you're basically blaming the other person That's for right. having those feelings. That's right. Don't you love that? It's dismissive. 
mm-hmm. right? It's like, I'm not taking any responsibility for that, but I'm sorry that you feel the way you do, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I'm sorry, but, mm-hmm. right? That's another no-no. You don't say, I'm really sorry that happened, but you made me so mad when you, that's not a real apology, right? So you want to, you want to validate. I understand what you're feeling. You don't have to agree, right? You don't have to agree with it. You could, but you have to understand that the other person, if this is what they're telling you, you're not diminishing how they feel. Correct. And I just want to tell my listeners, Eric Feig is a great mediator. If you want to find him, go to feigmediationgroup.com. Great for divorce mediation. Okay. So we talked about apologizing, listening, validating each other's feelings. Well, we can talk back a, a little bit about the listening. Mm-hmm. So in, if you were to go to couples counseling, we would talk about active listening. So we sometimes we think we're listening to what the other person is saying, but we will do an exercise essentially in couples therapy to say, what did you hear your partner just say? And that partner repeats it back. What did you hear that person say? And you see, is that what the person said or is that what how your interpretation is of what that person said so that's just the idea of slowing things down and really listening to what they're saying so that your response matches what they gave you and when you have a third party in there it's so nice because if you did that by yourself it wouldn't really work no they just start arguing about right no I didn't I didn't mean that I didn't say that I never said that you know so um and is there anything else productive conflict resolution um couples come to therapy way late right when things have really sort of reached a crisis situation or maybe not crisis but they're so they feel so far apart and disconnected um and i think you know in terms of conflict resolution and the silent treatment there's this idea that like you know what we'll just get past this but the just get past this is not a way to resolve anything and doesn't and really creates more and more resentment over time so i would encourage people that like if you feel like this is what we're talking about today is familiar in any way, try it on your own. See if you can raise this issue with your partner. See if you can do better in a way that makes you feel better and your partner feel better. And if not, ask for some help. Absolutely. Jennifer, this has been great. And the reason I kept asking you, like, what else, what else for conflict resolution is in my opinion and my mind, and maybe it's just my past experience, The silent treatment is the worst. That is like the worst. I would rather have somebody say, F you and scream at me and tell me what's on your mind than not talk. Yeah, yeah. But you're a really expressive person, so you can have that conflict. You're ready to take that on. Some people just feel so uncomfortable in that moment and feel like they, they will do better by shutting down. That's the control tactic. And you just brought up a really good point. You know who probably does the silent treatment a lot? People who can't deal with confrontation. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this is They the just ultimate. don't know. I know someone like that, sweetest person, but she really like clams up and she can't deal with any kind of confrontation. So she used to give the silent treatment. Right. there. I will say there's a distinction, though. Again, like there's a common interaction that, that couples have, which is 
called demand and withdraw. So the person, one person comes to their partner and sort of demands, wants to raise an issue. And the other, and it's a, it's a hot topic. And the other person withdraws, they try to avoid the topic. So it's not the silent treatment, but they're avoiding it because they don't want to talk about it and they feel uncomfortable. Or they make jokes. They might make a joke sure, or get sarcastic. Yes, right. completely. So that's not, I, I wouldn't put that in the category of emotional abuse, but you want to catch that because it's not healthy for any relationship. Absolutely. And I want to say one more thing about the silent treatment. I don't mean that people who give the silent treatment are bad people. They're just doing something that hits a nerve for me. But that doesn't mean that your your relationship can't work out. If you're a victim of the silent treatment and you want to change that, you can go to Jennifer or another therapist and really try to break that pattern because I think that it's possible. It's absolutely possible, but both people have to be willing. So if you raise it with your partner and they're unwilling to hear you on it and unwilling to reflect or seek help, then you have a problem that you really want to pay attention to. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking time to do this. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. And if any of my listeners want to reach Jennifer, Jennifer Solomon, go to affiliatesincounseling.net. It's a great practice. And you do Zoom calls. Virtual and in person. We're based in Northbrook. and but happy to do hybrid sounds good if you want to find trusted vetted divorce professionals including jennifer or you want to listen to more podcasts or read articles or download my mobile app or sign up for the free consult come see me at divorcedgirlsmiling.com thank you so much for listening everyone we'll talk to you real soon